to the Advocates Podcast. I'm Joanna Rohr, Outreach and Educational Program Specialist here at Farm Credit. We've missed you, and we've got a great surprise to kick off our winter season in 2022 with something fresh and new. I know you know that we took a break from our regularly scheduled podcast recordings to refresh and recharge. Like many of you, we enjoyed family time and way too many cookies to count, but we're back and looking forward to reconnecting with you. So what's next for the Advocates Podcast? We're launching our first ever podcast series takeover. So what can you expect? Over the next three weeks, we'll be launching one new episode within the series. We encourage you to sign up for our email episode alerts so you don't miss an episode. Let's get started with our first episode of the Farm Transition Planning Podcast Series, where we'll explore farm succession planning, business planning, and more. We know that this is one of the biggest challenges facing multi-generation farm families. Therefore, we've joined forces with our good friends at Pennsylvania FarmLink, and we will be joined by Darlene Livingston, who will serve as our guest host for the series. Darlene, I'll kick it over to you to introduce yourself and our first guest. Welcome to the PA FarmLink Transition Planning Podcast Series, where we'll explore issues of succession planning, business planning, and more. I'm Darlene Livingston, your host, and I'm also Executive Director of PA FarmLink and operate a livestock and crop farm with my family in Indiana County. Today's guest is John Black, Ag Business Consultant with Farm Credit. In his role, John helps farm families tackle the transition process and the financial and business planning necessary to help both generations achieve their goals. John, thanks for joining me today. Hi, darling. Thanks for having me. Let's start by having you tell us more about yourself and your passion in helping families through the transition process. All right, so a little on my background, I grew up on a dairy farm in Blair County, and after graduating from Penn State with a degree in ag business management, I returned to the farm where I was a partner for 25 years. After that, I spent nearly 20 years doing taxes, 16 of them doing farm taxes, and during that time, I also did some analysis work and budgeting, and I had the beginnings of um, helping farmers with their succession planning. At Farm Credit, as a business consultant, um, I'm in year four. I help customers with uh, feasibility studies, budgeting, transition planning, and succession planning. I think transition planning is such an important topic for farmers because, you know, family business can have such an emotional impact on the family structure. It's hard to separate business and family in, in any kind of family business. And especially hard on a family dairy farm because of the long hours you put in. It means that the farm is the family's way of life. It's also a lot harder because of the huge capital investment. And so things can get pretty emotional. And I think that's where I come in. I've seen a variety of different scenarios, a lot of different things that can happen. But I can come in as somebody that's not emotional and strictly look at, at the numbers and strictly look at, at the situation in a non-emotional manner. Yes, I'm sure your uh, experience and your expertise is a huge asset to all the farmers you work with. Um, Definitely paramount to success of the farmers. What do you find are the biggest stumbling blocks for farm families in putting a farm transition plan in place? Well, number one, I 
always have to look at the financial position. It doesn't seem to matter what kind of project I do, whether it's a feasibility study or a succession plan or a transition plan, it revolves around finances and, frankly, what the farm can afford to do. And so the financial position of the business will largely determine what the transition plan takes, which way it goes. As you know, there's three ways to transition assets by selling, gifting, and inheriting. And it usually takes a combination of the three. So if a business still has debt, how does that impact the ability to transfer? Can the business generate the cash flow to afford a buyout and still provide for all the members? And so it's important, along with that, it's important to have good financial records so that we can help uh, determine what, what the needs are and what the position is. Secondly, I think communication is a key assembly block communication or lack of it, I would say sometimes, because many times it's easier in a family, many times it's easier not to talk about transition. And so the transition never gets done. Farmers are farmers because they like working with animals. They like working on a tractor. They aren't in it for the people skills. So a lot of times they're not good, very good communicators with one another. And then along with that, I would say the third thing is the ability to negotiate between partners where we're talking about a family business, and a lot of times you, you cannot look at only at your own interests. There has to be some kind of negotiation involved. And so I think these are some of the major stumbling blocks I see. Excellent points. For most transitions, there's a senior generation and a junior generation. Do you typically hear first from the senior generation or junior generation, and why do you think that is? I thought about this question a long time, and I honestly think it depends on the situation. In my experience, I've had a pretty good balance between the older and younger generation with regards to who is pushing the transition plan. I've seen a lot of progressive families, and it goes back to communication, the ones that communicate well. I hear from the older generation first because they're ready to start transferring assets. And in doing that, keep in mind that the elements of farm transfer includes three things. It's transfer of management along with transfer of ownership and then the division of income. And rarely all three of these things don't happen at the same time. And even with those, in those elements, you'll see such as the transfer of ownership. We'll start with maybe cows or machinery or animals machinery, then go to real estate last. So it doesn't happen all at once. So in a progressive family where they're communicating, a lot of times, you know, they, they're they already starting to take this step with the transfer of management. They're ready to go to the next step. So I'll hear from the older generation first. Now, the opposite side of that, sometimes, uh, you know, in a family that's never communicated well, none of this has happened. And so what will happen is you'll hear from the younger generation. And when I mention we're talking about maybe younger generation in their 40s or even 50s that this transition of the farm hasn't taken place. And so... Now the younger generation are the ones that contact me uh, because they they want to get mom and dad moving and nothing's happened yet. And so I really think it depends on the situation who I hear from first. Let's hone in on the senior generation. What are some key considerations to ensure the senior generation's needs are met? So most importantly, start early. I think that finances are a key to this. And so we have evaluation of farm business as farm business assets, as I talked about before. What can the business afford to do and still provide an income for the remaining people in the operation? And then another key um, consideration for the senior generation is have they looked at their Social Security check 
statement, uh, excuse me, lately. Um, I realize that, you know, we all hear the bad things about Social Security and we can't rely on that to provide for our retirements. But in reality, the Social Security benefits are the basis and cornerstone of our retirements. So if you haven't looked at it in a long time, the, the good place to start is, is to take a look at that. Do we have time to build Social Security if we don't have enough income um, for any future? Are we still young enough to be able to, to bump up our income a little bit uh, through the next few years as we get closer to retirement? Another big decision is when is the best time to take Social Security? If we take it before our full retirement age, we're going to have reduced benefits. You can start taking Social Security at age 62, but um, that benefit is going to be 30% less than what it is at full retirement. And, and then there are also uh, income limitations involved with that. On the other side of it, if you wait till you're 70, uh, from the time you uh, reach retirement age until 70, your benefits will go up about 8% a year. And so somebody that has a full retirement at age 67, if they waited until they were 70 to start taking that, they could be seeing a 25% boost in their Social Security income. And then besides Social Security, we start looking at other non-farm assets. Do they have any IRAs? Do they have pensions from an outside job? Because my main goal is to make sure the senior generation is comfortable and have what they need to provide for their uh, needs in, in retirement. Also look at life insurance. Is there life insurance uh, there as a possible payout for some of the family members? And then I think a key consideration that we always want to look at is treatment of farm and non-farm heirs in this uh, in, in this thing. And and I kind of adhere to the rule that equal isn't fair and fair and is, is not equal. But I think uh, you know most parents, as, as a parent of grandchildren, I certainly want to leave non-farm heirs with something too. And, and it's important that uh, we provide for all of them. So those are some of the key considerations I have for the senior generation. I think those are excellent points. And also it does show that it is a complex topic, even within each generation and their needs. Now that we've talked about the senior generation, let's focus on the junior generation. What recommendations do you have for the younger folks to not only ensure a smooth transition, but to have a viable business. So again, here, one of the keys is to start early. Don't wait until your young person has the enthusiasm and, and the work ethic to get things done. Don't wait till you're over the kind of over the hill and, and uh, don't have the, uh, aren't able to put forth the effort it takes. Um, I would say like young people, don't be afraid to take the, the mantle. You need to take on responsibility to show that you're ready to to take on ownership of the farm. And as we talk about farm transition, just the ability to take on responsibility and take on management decisions is a key part of the uh, of the transition process. I think in your situation, the younger generation, they need to exhibit strong personal financial health. Um, they need to keep their personal debt low, maybe save to invest uh, as a buy-in to the business. They need to also need to demonstrate financial responsibility. Do you have a lot of high-priced toys that you're buying? Are you taking lavish vacations? Do you have frivolous spending? Be careful of all this stuff because the senior generation is watching. They want to see that you're responsible. And then doing this too, um, financial responsibility improves your borrowing capacity in case you need to borrow money to, to facilitate a buyout. Another key here thing with the younger generation is be willing to communicate. Communication is key no matter what we're doing in this, far, in this 
transition. But and not only with the family members, but also maybe your spouse who is not involved involved in the business itself. So those are those are some of the key uh, considerations for the younger generation. Farm transitions aren't only about succession planning. Sometimes we see farms transition to different enterprises. How do you suggest farm families approach such changes? Above and beyond everything, do your homework. A lot of times these enterprises are, maybe we're talking about a value-added enterprise to complement existing enterprises. Uh, For instance, like a dairy farm, maybe take on some processing equipment and, and make you know, a cheese making enterprise or a bottling enterprise. So other times it's something new that we don't have a lot of experience with. So in either case, you need to get a business plan, get a team of experts to help you with this business, to educate you in aspects of all aspects you're not sure of, or to make sure you're aware of roadblocks you haven't thought of down the road. We may be familiar with what we're doing, but this is our uncharted territory and we're going to come across things that we have not thought of. And so you want to make sure that you have budgets done, budgets for financing. You want to make sure you have a business plan that covers all aspects of this so that you have gone through things and, and work with the team of experts. They'll bring a, a lot of things to the table maybe that you have not thought of. As a part of our podcast series, John, we are asking all of our guests a sign-off question. What is the one piece of advice farm families should remember while embarking on a family farm transition? Again, start early. A successful plan doesn't happen overnight. It takes careful thought and consideration that evolves over time. Involve everyone with the business. Have annual family meetings. Discuss financial performance and get the younger generation involved in finances early. I encourage everybody to work with a team of consultants or with a consultant or a team of advisors to help them through the process. Set your SMART goals and complete a written plan. And finally, take that plan and review, review, review it. Make Not only to make sure you're on track with your goals, but also to make adjustments with your plan. Because the plan isn't rigid, life changes, your plan has to also. Great advice. Thanks for sharing your perspective with us today on the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for hosting, Darlene. To learn more about the mission of Pennsylvania FarmLink, visit pafarmlink.org. Remember to check out our next podcast episode in the series where we'll interview Marlon Hertzler, a crop and hog farmer from Belleville, Pennsylvania. Marlon will reflect on his farm transition and share his perspective with us on the next episode. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share this podcast with a friend. To get show notes and to subscribe to email alerts, visit mafc.com forward slash podcast.